it's David Stockdale here, 1-3, from Wickham Wanderers, and you're listening to The Wickham Wanderers Show. Welcome to the latest edition of The Wickham Wanderers Show. In the next hour, we'll be reflecting on that uh, 1-1 draw at Lincoln. We will also be reflecting on the 4-0 victory over not short or medium, but long Crendon. <laughs> Sounds like a frequency, doesn't it? It does. Like medium Broadcasting wave. on Long Trendon, this is Wickham Sound on 106.6. The Bucks and Bucks Cup tie, the quarterfinal, yes. in front of almost 2,000. Yes, apologies, we said it was the semi-final last week. But in, our, in fairness, I think it was because we saw that it was at a neutral venue and we assumed that maybe the, the semi-finals were at neutral venues. Yeah, but like, we were well, wrong. <laughs> it's not that sort of competition. No, it's not. We'll be hearing from... They, uh, I think they just play it wherever they can. <laughs> so, oh, you know, <laughs> put some jumpers down and, and that'll do. In tame. Yes. We'll be hearing from some of the key names from that game. We'll be catching up with former player Mark Hill as well. And earlier on today, you spoke to Gareth Ainsworth ahead of this Saturday's home game against Cheltenham Town. We chatted about football and music. Ooh. More on that to come. Looking forward to that. Yes, and we'll preview Wickham Wanderers women's last league game of the season. Away to the Winchester City Flyers. Ooh. Not a hockey team. No, they do sound a bit ice hockey. They, they, they do, yes. But first... Four league games without a win now. But maybe, just maybe, the fact that we scored very late on against Lincoln, the the, the corner has been turned, as it were. Uh, yes. And we are now back on back on track. And almost uh, 60 sort of shots in the last two games. And that's it? the thing. It, it's just like, well, goodness me. You know, we're, I think we're so used to actually the statistics being the other way around. But actually now in the last two games, you know, we've had more possession than the opposition, which, you know, which doesn't normally actually happen with us, whoever we're playing. You know, even Long Crenton probably had, you know, nearly 50%. Uh, um, <laughs> but, no, they probably didn't really. Uh, <laughs> but yes, 28 shots um, uh, to Lincoln City's seven. Um... The disappointing thing is now, when you sort of look at the table, and I know Gareth would probably not want me to say this, but you do start to think, mm, I think it might be playoffs rather than automatic promotion. Well, we'll hear from the manager say later on this hour as well, and uh, he'll say himself that, uh, you know, the, the teams in this division, it, it's so so close and, and such fine margins, and, you know, some of the top teams are strengthened, and even some of the teams down in the... Uh, lower reaches of the table can can cause upsets you know Cheltenham who were playing uh, this Saturday of course have beaten Sunderland recently in yes. fact met a number of teams in the, in the in the lower part of the table beaten Sunderland yes they're a funny old side aren't they Sunderland <laughs> oh we've lost 6-0 let's get rid of our manager uh, and also a special mention as well uh, about Derek Adams uh, who was uh, uh, let go from Bradford City as well which which I'm sure raised the smile of many a chairboy this this week yes absolutely uh, while we're, while we're uh, sort of cheer yeah. up, Derek Adams. No, <laughs> as the song goes. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yes, looking at the table. Sorry, I, I'm. It's just the number of games in hand that Wigan have got, and annoyingly, unlike last year, where Rotherham had all of those games in hand and pretty much blew them all, Wigan don't really seem to be following that script. No, uh, and Rotherham do also, you know, seem to yes, have already yes, got that. one foot in the championship, sure. unfortunately, with their sixty-five points. So, looking at the game at Lincoln, I guess in a way, you know, a, a welcome point having come from behind, and also uh, Josh Scones uh, sending off, which, yes. as we'll hear, is, is a bit debatable. Yes, definitely. Uh, Chris Reno again. Um, uh, you know, coming coming to the rescue. What a find he's been! I know we said this actually last week mm. on the program, but it's true. You know, considering that he turned up to a, a to a, a trialist game, basically just making up the numbers. Good to see the trialist family represented against Lundgrenner, by the way. Um, but but yeah, you know, the fact that actually now he's uh, very important in our defence and he's scoring goals as well. 
fantastic. What a find. Uh, let's hear it from the manager speaking to Phil uh, at Central Bank after the game. 28 attempts at goal, you know. I know we've took a sloppy set play to get going, you know, five minutes and uh, and they had this set piece and, we, you know, we, we've got to defend that better. I'm really disappointed in that. But after that, yeah, one or two breakaways. Uh, and right before half-time, I thought they were right back, had a, a great chance and a great run. But on the whole, I think we had the better chances today. You know, how we haven't scored in the scramble at the end is unbelievable. I thought we had a definite penalty shot on Josh Gowen in the first half. People look at the Sam Volks one. I think the Josh Gowen one's a definite penalty. I think he's, uh, he's nicked behind the boy who doesn't know he's there. He's kicked the ball and the boy's just just fouled him in the box now how that's not a penalty how that's not a foul anywhere on the pitch that's a foul but he doesn't give the penalty and, uh, and for me that's uh, that's a mistake by the referee and then second half obviously with the conditions up here which believe me was unbelievably windy and uh, and you know rain coming down second half we always knew we would step on them and put the game on them and I'm disappointed we haven't scored more goals in that second half you know with the chances we've had but um, the keeper's made a worldy save but David Stockdale has been called on and had to come out on a definitely one save I thought he was magnificent um, so you know probably sharing the spoils isn't a bad thing when you don't play brilliant and you get a point away from home you take it you go down the road and you uh, and you look forward to the home game next week against Cheltenham but um, pleased that the subs made an impact Daryl Horgan came on settled the ball down well David Wheeler aerial ability you know was always going to be present today and uh, and yeah, it's, uh, it's a great moment for Chris Farino, his first uh, league goal. And uh, that boy's going to go on to big things, believe me. I thought he's uh, he marshalled somebody at the stature of John Marquis very, very well. So pleased we've got him at Wickham. He's been an, an absolute diamond of a find. And uh, hopefully we can... Uh, we can you know, improve him and get him to the potential we believe he can be. But um, no, on the whole, we'll have to take a point on the road. Fans were fantastic, by the way. Thank you so much for the support. They were brilliant. Um, and just at the end there, Josh getting sent off. I truly believe that the referee did not realise he'd already booked him in the game. And I don't think he would book him again if he realises that. Um, have a look at the footage, but that's my opinion. And uh, it's, yeah, sours us because we lose Josh for a game now. I was going to say two yellows, no appeal can't appeal it which is crazy because you can appeal reds but you can't appeal second yellow surely that rule should be changed but um, I guess we would be appealing that one he didn't run aggressively um, he just jogged over to the ref he hasn't sworn the referee has said no there was no foul language used but he said he was super aggressive the way he ran at me and I, I can't understand how he's given him a second yellow but we have to take that it's a tough job I've always said that referee and I wouldn't get myself in trouble but um it's a hard one for, for us to take that one, and uh, I just, uh, I just, you know, wish he was available for the next game because he's a big player for us. It's just back as well, but Wickham, it looked possibly to be a second game of frustration, lots of attempts, but the build-up to the second goal at the stage of the game will, will have pleased you. Yeah, I mean it's fantastic. We got the ball, we switched the play a couple of times to, to stretch their defence, and we put a crossing. You know, I know people will will say, "Oh, Wickham get the ball forward," and that's great. Yeah, of course we do. We get the ball forward. We we play in the final third. That's what I want to do, and I think that we caught them out trying to play out of the back more of the times than they caught us out. Um, and when we do get in that final third, yeah. We've got this quality in the in the team. McCleary and and uh, Mametti and Horgan came on, settled the ball down really well today. Brandon Hanlon sh- should have really scored with his first touch. You know, that was unlucky. Um, Volksy's had a glorious chance, a great save from the keeper at the end. Numerous corners. Our Daryl Horgan and the scramble at the end there hasn't scored. I mean, we've had chances in the last two games. I think it's probably sixty attempts on goal and uh, and just one goal to show for it. So. 
maybe some finishing practice needs uh, needs in training but um, now I'm pleased we're creating chances I think uh, years ago we probably didn't have shots on target or created about three chances a game we've out-possessed Lincoln we've out-passed Lincoln we've out-shot Lincoln but we could only get a point today. Now, a great result for uh, for an away team. One-one, we take a point. You know, when you don't play brilliant and you get a point away from home, you semi happy. Um, I think we could have got all three today, but you know, um, tough place to come. Played here for a long time, loved it, and uh, I know how tough it can be here when them fans get behind you. So uh, it was uh, it was nice to be back at Sinsel Bank, but um, back down the road now to Cheltenham next week. Still fifth in the table, which is fairly decent as well. Somebody trying to get a hold of him right there. <laughs> uh, yeah, he did do very well at Lincoln as well. He scored the most amount of goals in in a season oh. uh, in his career. Which is what I mean. Whilst, uh-huh. whilst he was at Lincoln, yeah. Oh, good knowledge. Yes, yeah. Oh, I, I looked that up last week actually. Bucks wait, Bucks. Waiting to get that in. Bucks and Bucks Senior Cup, uh, the quarter final was on Tuesday at Tame United against Long Crendon, and uh, probably one of the, the biggest attendance of, of a Bucks and Bucks Cup tie. I would have thought so, yes. Certainly at that stage of the competition. Yeah, a few notable things. Uh, the fact that it didn't wasn't actually played in, in Barks or Bucks, <laughs> but in Oxfordshire. Um, uh, we broke the stadium attendance record. I thought you were going to break the stadium. Uh, not that I'm aware of. <laughs> um, I don't think we're, we, we're quite in the Millwall category, luckily, which is a good thing. Um, so uh, 1,904 uh, people went along to see it so Paul Tame United now don't have the uh, highest attendance at their stadium which is always a, one of those slightly quirky facts uh, but yes a 4-0 win Al, Al, Ali Al Hamadi I will get it right um, breaking the deadlock in the first half um, and then lots more goals coming in the second half Absolutely um, Ali spoke to Phil uh, after the game to reflect on how he got on and also his uh, international uh, appearance recently as well It was obviously nice to get, get my first goal in um, a bit scrappy but I was you know, pleased I was in the right position I think we've done well tonight as a team and you know there's different people involved for different reasons obviously everyone's got their own reason to play in these games but obviously all due respect to Longren and they, they were good as well um, but yeah obviously good win in the end and good experience for everyone involved Must be tricky with a few trialists in as well new faces it must be difficult to find that rhythm Yeah it's, it's a bit difficult sometimes you know like boys on the fringes especially because we haven't got many games um, but like like you said you know with trialists and people playing for different reasons you have to just adapt quickly in these games um, but luckily we were able to do that and, and uh, just yeah get the job done tonight even if tough fish to play on <laughs> Yeah tricky pitch today but also a unique situation a lot of fans here tonight as well and a lot of times a lot of Wicked fans would have come here tonight to see the players like yourself so it must have been a good opportunity for you to introduce yourself to some of those Wicked fans yeah no definitely um you know, it's a great occasion for 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 Long Crendon and obviously for us as well. Just playing in front of some fans, um, which we don't obviously haven't got to do, do much often since COVID. Um, but yeah, now like you said, it's it's a good experience for everyone, and it's you know with the gaff watching and and fans just trying to prove yourself a little bit and trying trying to get in that squad. And talk us through the goals. It was a nice cross, but plenty to do from there. Yeah, just use me neck muscles. <laughs> a bit of a scrappy goal, but again, like I said, just just nice to get on the score sheet. Um, and yeah, just, just build on now and hopefully push and, and try and get into the squad before the end of the season. Yeah, and talk to me about your time at Wickham. I mean, it's quite a unique setup in what Wickham have got here, yeah. development squad, but you're in the first team squad all of the time. So that pathway to the first team is, is pretty short and, and readily available. Yeah, it's um it's just invaluable experience, obviously playing and training with likes of Oxy, Brandon. Um obviously training week and week out with first team players who've who've done it at the highest level for for a few years. So you learn a lot. Um and sometimes you know it's learning it's not all plain sailing like you have your bad days but 
like I said, it's all learning and just being in that environment every day was a reason I came here just to get away from you know like the academy setup because I think it's a bit false sometimes. Um, you know, just playing games like these just gives you so much experience that maybe you won't get in, in academy football. It's all you know, nice and and pretty football. Um, but yeah, I've loved it so far here, and again, it's just been settling in period for me last few months. But hopefully, not push on and, and get to where I want to get to. Uh, an injury, but also an international opportunity as well. So, how was that uh, representing the country in all of this? Yeah, it was a mad experience. Um, obviously, it was it was an ideal getting injured. Uh, it was a bit of of poor timing because I think there was a few injuries so I could have been you know, involved a bit more um, but that's football and just got to get on with it um, and yeah with the call up it was just a surreal experience playing against Iran which is like neighbouring countries to Iraq um, and you know like, like everyone's seeing the fan base is crazy about, about football um, so yeah it gives me gives me a good kind of pressure that you know spares me on to, to try and you know I've got kind of a whole country supporting me on my back and, and I like that I think I thrive off it there can't be many people who've played for Iraq and against Long Crendon. <laughs> That's very, very true. Yes, uh, and who sounds so scouse as well. Uh, you wouldn't know that he was an Iraqi international, would you? Um, uh, another person who spoke to the media after the game uh, was Jack Young, who spoke to uh, Matt Cecil. Jack, the first run out for the chairboys tonight. How did you yeah. find it? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was, um, it was everything I would have wanted in my first game, um, a 4 0 win and a goal. So, yeah, I'm really happy with it. Talk us through your move to the club. It was deadline day, wasn't it? Uh, it must have been an exciting time for you, but also a big move coming, you know, such a long way down the country. Yeah, it's a big move, but it's been worth it so far. I've uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. And I have to thank the gaffer and all the staff for bringing me in. And I'm learning a lot every day, and hopefully, um, I keep learning and try to push to get in the squad. I bet you didn't know much about Long Crendon before today night but it was a massive night for them and yeah. it, it was so good wasn't it See, such a big crowd such a, a great atmosphere and, yeah. and, and they obviously enjoyed having with them wonders in town yeah it was a really good atmosphere for my first game and I thought it, it made it a bit tough for us at the start and I thought we dealt with that well and then in the end we, our class showed so it was good so this is your second loan spell you've had one out at Tranmere as well and it, it must be so good for you uh, growing up at Newcastle United working alongside some great coaches and alongside some great players yeah. you know what a club to uh, to begin your education in football yeah it's been brilliant but I think now it's time to kick on get some games in the football league and that's what I want to do and I want to do it here at Wickham so I feel really a part of it and that's what I'm going to do push on now it's the, the best environment I've ever been in all the lads are brilliant so inclusive and yeah it's a bit, and obviously the big man B makes you, makes you so welcome so yeah I've, I've loved every second of it Jack Young, who, of course, is on loan from Newcastle, uh, speaking to Matt, he was another of the goal scorers, and someone else who got a goal in uh, injury time uh, was JB Fisher, talking to Matt as well. JB, great to see you out there in the gold, and a, a special night for you, scoring your first Wickham goal. Yeah, good, definitely, just buzzing, you know. Uh, I've been working hard for this. Um, I've been at Wickham since uh, the beginning of the year, but my first chance to actually play in, uh, in an official game, so really happy about it. Managed to get my first goal, and yeah, it was great. You've had to be patient. How have you found that? It must have been a, a very strange transition for you coming into the fold but gradually you you know you've waited your time and got your opportunity tonight yeah of course I mean with the gaffer the players the staff everyone is like welcoming so for a player like me that had a different background it was like very easy actually to settle in the team just speak to the captains um, and yeah I mean I think it showed today also just the cohesion of the team um, everyone was on it everyone was pressing everyone was uh, playing together so even with a couple trialists like managing to get them in and playing the Wickham style so yeah just happy about it take us back through your career because it's not often Wickham sign a former PSG captain is that right at youth level yeah so I used to play at PSG when I was younger I was captain of my team so for about 10 plus years 
uh, played at PSG, then went to the United States, um, played for the like University of Georgetown, which is uh, an amazing uh, football, I mean, soccer program over there, as well as university. Um, managed then to go to Swansea for a little bit um, last year, and then just joined Wickham this year, and it's been it's been better and better ever since. Obviously, there's the Georgetown connection with Pete. How good has he been in terms of, of helping you come over here and settle in? Of course, I mean, Pete is a fantastic guy. Uh, managed to speak to him quite like quite many times and just an amazing guy uh, managed to speak to him to Brian Wees also uh, my ex-coach at uh, Georgetown University uh, just great guys and I'm so happy to be here and how do you feel your game has progressed in the time that you've been here has it been an opportunity for you to, to really develop the game and, and learn off some fantastic professionals here yeah of course I mean players like JJ Stocko uh, GMAC I mean all had are still playing but obviously had like great careers as well um, and being able to train week in week out with them uh, just at a very high level high intensity with all the boys the gaffer always pushing us um, I think that's pushing just everyone to be a better player and to be the best version of themselves and don't forget you can hear more from each of those interviews on Wanderers TV which is very very good I have subscribed and it is rather wonderful I have to say oh excellent review it's better than I follow <laughs> um, if you're wondering uh, when the semi-final uh, draw is for uh, the uh, Bucks and Bucks Cup Actually, I'm introducing this the wrong way around because we don't actually know. But I can tell you it hasn't been made yet and that we are the first team through into the semi-finals um, because the game between Didcot Town and Ascot United takes place next week. Uh, and then following that, the following week, uh, MK Dons visit Beaconsfield Town. It'd be nice if lots of Wickham supporters could go along oh, and, very, and, yeah. and, and cheer on Beaconsfield Town for that one. Uh, that's on the 1st of March, uh, 7.45, Pancake Day. Um, and the following night... <laughs> Just giving you a bit of extra information there. Uh, Chesham United host Reading. Um, that's on uh, yes uh, on the second, also seven forty-five kickoff. No significance to the second of March, is there? Um, not that I can think of at the moment. Still to come on the Wickham Wanderers show, we'll hear from manager Gareth Ainsworth, and uh, also we'll chat to a former former day, day after St David's Day. <laughs> yeah, that'll do. Uh, for... Sort of like Boxing Day for Welsh people. <laughs> former defender Mark Hill next here at Wickham Sound online on Radio Player and on 106.6 FM this is Wickham Sound final thing to say about the uh, Lawn Crendon game as well was uh, that the crowd of uh, 1,904 uh, was the highest attendance in the competition apart from the final for more than 50 years we'll hear from manager Gareth Ainsworth uh, shortly as well he, he credits the food he said the food afterwards was very nice <laughs> So it's people actually, they, they weren't really there for the football. It's like, oh yeah, we must go to Long Crendon because the food's really good. I saw somebody on social media actually said that they were going to the game and the smell of burgers, and it was raining as well, just what, just what oh, a Tuesday night football. Yeah, yeah, I mean, straight away, the, as soon as you say that, the, the image is conjured. Absolutely. Uh, so that's all to come on this week's edition of the Wickham Wanderers Show. But, as usual, big thanks to Wickham Wanderers Ex-Players Association, who this week has provided as our guest uh, Mark Hill, who was a defender and played in the early 80s and here is how he became a Wickham Wanderer. I was released by Brentford at the end of 82 season and you know looking around what should I do can I stay in the programme will I go semi-professional and um, it was actually Paul Goddard who was still good friends with Mike Keane at the time said look you, you, you need to get Mark down the, to the club and, and Mike actually was a reserve team manager at QPR when I was there so obviously I, I knew Mike and I played under him uh, during that time so went along during pre-season and signed for the club and uh, you know had a had a really enjoyable time while I was there you know and uh, it was really really good to connect with him he was a terrific guy you know one of my all-time favourite managers I played under I have to say. So what was it like dropping down to non-league? Um, I think one of the 
things I found. I mean, in my, my first season there, you know, we were very successful in that first season. We, you know, we won this, won this Min League. Um, I got played player of the season, which, you know, someone plays at left back centre half. Quite nice because it's normally all the forwards get all the glory. But I think I certainly had the benefit of coming out of full time training. You know, from training full time, your fitness levels, I, I certainly felt my fitness levels were as good as, you know, anyone in, in the league. And, you know, I would always stay behind after training, do a few like, you know, extra runs, a little bit, trying to keep my fitness up. You know, it goes over a little bit of time you know, after two, three, four seasons of coming out. But if you, you keep it going, I certainly felt as I had an edge on a lot of people that I was playing against. And yet we're pretty much ever present in that season as well. Yes, I played, I didn't miss a game. I think I played every every game. I, I think I was ever present and, uh, you know, to, and, and that was some good players in that team. So, you know, when I, I mentioned earlier there, I got, got player of the season in that team. Uh, I'm very proud of that moment. And as you say as well, it's not often a player of that position gets gets recognised. No, especially, you know, coming in, you know, I started off left back, which was a position I came back and then we had a bit of a shuffle round. Uh, George Ball came back from the United States and uh, uh, and came in the side and then I switched to centre-half and played with Anton Anton Verkaus, who was great to play against. He was like, go on, Anton, go and win that header and I'll, I'll look good around you. So <laughs> there was a lot of, um, you know, good people in the team. You know, it's all about teamwork and we just had a, a really good blend of players in there, you know, the sort of steely, George, you know, would, uh, you know, his tackling wouldn't be uh, very well received these days, but, uh, you know, great to learn, you know, it's still learning from people like, like that and playing. And we had a, you know, fair, we had a few, you know, experienced players in the team, but it, actually it was a fairly young team that we had. And, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a really good. Everyone was some, we had boys from London, you know, the George Borgs and Terry Glynn that used to come in from London. And then, you know, a lot of boys local, uh, which was good to see, you know, uh, really sort of core local side, you know, within there, but that little still, still, and streetwise certainly came from the guys coming from London that came out. And Bob Dell was someone else who you, you formed a great partnership with. It must be fantastic to to establish quite a, a solid defence. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there was a little little triangle there. Bob was, um, you know, he he would go through walls for the team. You know, good pass of the ball, scored good goals for us as well, and a sort of leader in that team. You know, I, I, if you look back at the team there. You know, I was listening to the radio on Talk Sport today. Unfortunately, not with them sound, but I was in Talk Sport early this morning. And um, Neil Warnock was on there. And he said, I, I, my good teams had four captains, you know, and that sort of thing's quite important, you know, that uh, you, you have more than more than one captain in the team. And we certainly had that within that within that group. I mean, that's something that really comes across, speaking to, to different players from different eras, is the, is the camaraderie and the, and the great chemistry that, that you have in, in a dressing room. Yeah, no, we... we you know, if, if you if I look back now and uh, and and that group, we would we'd you know people would stand by and have a drink in those days. But it's a bit frowned upon, you know, people drinking and stuff. They say, but we would have regular, you know, have a night out on a Thursday, you know, two days before a game. You know, the boys would go out for a drink together and and you know build build that bonding amongst each other. You know, it was just a really good 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 mix of players who worked hard. You know, looked after each other. You know, trained hard when we you know when we did. You know, trained that we trained. We'd have great training facilities. We had a sort of small cage at the top of the pitch. We didn't train on the pitch very often, um, so the training facilities were, you know, weren't the best. But uh, the boys, you know, did their did their best they could on that. And we, we just all worked together and looked after each other. You know, on and off the pitch. I think it was it was a good good group. It does feel like you know uh, around that time there, there are so many you know names which really stand out. Obviously, uh, so sad to have lost Gary Lester recently as well. Yeah, I, I mean that the Gary's funeral um, is actually Tuesday tomorrow, uh, and I was very, very good friends with Gary. 
we, we actually used to date two sisters who I met when I was at the club. And I've been, I went on holiday with Gary, went on the end of season tours with him. Um, so it was very upsetting to, to find that, you know, he was a really good goalkeeper. And, and you know, it drew my time, you know, at there and then. He's as good as clubman as you could ever get at any, any football club. You know, he was a really, you know, top guy and uh, he was sadly missed Gary. And as you say, so special to win the, the title that year. Are there any particular kind of games or, or moments that really stand out from that season? Yeah, I think um, there was a couple of games that um, really... I'm not actually sure if they're that se- the first season. I need to check on that first season or second season. But certainly there was a home game in the FA Trophy when we played Wildstone. Um, and I'm good friends with Ken Wilson. We're still, we still together. I'm actually seeing him tomorrow. We play golf and you know pretty uh, pretty uh, pretty regular and um we 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 beat Wildstone who we were the top team then you know they were the best team around they were winning the trophy and winning you know the the top league and uh, we beat them in the uh, FA trophy at home Ken and myself both scored the goals so that was a you know good night they had uh, they had Stuart Pierce playing for the other team uh, for, for Wildstone as well and that was actually his last game for uh, Wildstone before he signed for Coventry and uh, Ken always stories you've spoke to me he's probably told you you know he, he said I got in that move he said he kicked me so hard and often and he actually should have been sent off in that game and he said if he had off Bobby Gould probably would have signed him you know so you know <laughs> we know a good good few, you know career Stuart Pierce had after that No definitely and also you mentioned that you already played under Mike Keane elsewhere what was he like as a, as a manager to, to play under? Yeah, Mike was was a super guy, super nice guy. You know, would Mike make it as a manager now? He'd probably be too nice. Um, but players used to go and play as much for Mike as you know. The club was a big draw, but playing for him as well, he definitely, you know, you it was definitely, you know, a draw that you went to play for Mike. And I know during that time that he would, you know, he used to have his sports shop in Wickham. And trying to entice some players to come, you know, budget was tight. You know, Brian, Brian was uh, uh, Brian was the, the chairman, and obviously the budget was pretty tight on some players. But I, I knew Mike used to give boots to players to try and entice them to come and things like that. You know, um, but we, you know, we really enjoyed playing him, and he, he encouraged us to play good attacking football. You know, get the ball wide. We played with wingers, get the ball in the box, let the guys, you know, get on the end of crosses and stuff. Um, and he, he did encourage us to play good football. And of course, that was around the time his son Kevin became the club's youngest debutant as well. Yes, he did. So Kevin, uh, I remember. I remember Kevin when my first training session. Kevin was only was 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 younger than he was probably, you know, he was fourteen or fifteen, something like that. And he came to the first training session, and um, really good quality on the ball. Uh, and it was, and you could tell when he was passing the ball, he would ping the ball in. You know, it weren't just passing, it was pinged in at people. Um, and you could see he was going to be a, a good player as well. And uh, it was good to see him, actually. I saw him at one of the last um, um, ex-players um, get-togethers. It was good to see him there when he was one of the guests of honours. That must have been really nice in the early days as well, to have seen him and then, as you say, to, to watch him go on and play for like, the likes of West Ham. Yeah, it is. You know, I'm always, you know, I really support any teams passionately, but I always follow my ex clubs. At West Ham was the sort of team I always sort of followed. You know, Paul Goddard, as I mentioned earlier, was you know a good friend of mine. I come up apprentice with him at QPR, uh, and it was good to see uh, Kevin go on and do so well there. And he, he obviously was on the on the staff, and he, I think maybe he, he was certainly assistant manager, maybe caretaker manager for a while. But I'm not sure. Yeah, I think so. At West Ham, yeah. So he had a, you know, he's a, you know. Good, good, really nice guy. You know, just like his dad, terrific guy. So, what would you say is your overriding memory of your of your time at the club? I think playing on on the slope 
was one memory. You know, people, you know, younger fans as well would, would have seen what it was like to play on that pitch. And you had to play a certain way. You know, if you was at the top of the hill, I was playing fullback. You, when you were playing balls in from the top, you sort of just sort of play them in, they'd curl them in and they would sort of go into the player's path at the bottom. You had to drive it up and you'd see opposing goalkeepers that would come and, yeah, keeper, whoops, and, you know, drop it or misjudge the flight. So I think playing at the, the old ground was a, a good experience. You know, we had good crowds come in. Uh, we had good support, um, you know, especially a midweek game. Uh, the atmosphere there was terrific. Um, they really got behind us uh, and well. We had a good run. You know, the FA Cup, I remember going to Bristol Rovers in the FA Cup and we lost 1-0 to, I think, Paul Randall goal. And Ken will tell you, I, went, I, I dribbled from the halfway line about probably four players at least, maybe five. I went round right through, keeping the beat and had a, Big bobble and shanked it wide. <laughs> it was like you cost us the FA, you cost us the FA Cup second round or third round, whatever it was. So you know, but it was just winning, winning the league. And I remember there was one game near the end of the season. We were playing away. Um, it was probably two or three games in the end of the season, and Anton uh, Verkhouse was so ill during the game. It turned out he had food poisoning, and we were dragging him around the pitch. He, you know, he was so ill during the game, but. And then Deja sort of, we only had 11 players on. We managed to keep him on. I remember scoring, scoring, a, scoring a sort of winner late on um, that really sort of helped us, you know, sort of win the league, really. It was a tough game when we managed to sort of get out of it when we were struggling. So uh, I think those sort of memories, those crucial little special moments when you do something for your team. And uh, I think that's, you know, they're, they're always special with you. I mean, you speak to many ex-players and you really get the sense that, you know, during their time in the club, it felt really special. And did, did the early 80s especially, did that feel like a, a special period for them, for you and for them? Yeah, I, 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 for me personally, I think it, it, I probably have more confidence playing there um, and um, probably played my best football at Wickham. Uh, you know, I went on and had some good time at Maidstone for five years, you know, captain them. We won the conference with them but I still think my best playing days were probably in, in the Wickham team and that that is you know lots of things go to that that's confidence the manager gives you confidence the team gives you you know winning is a good you know a, a thing that you know you, when you're winning uh, everything seems good and, and we were you know we were used to winning we wanted to win and and you know we, we stuck together do tough games you know we lost a few games but uh we, we had an amazing run at the end there to, to, to win the league, and that, that was really special. And then obviously you went on to, to do a bit of um, caretaker managing at uh, Walton and Hersham. What was that sort of transition like from from playing to, to sort yeah, of running? Yeah, do you know team? what? I, I did that at a couple of clubs, actually. I, I did it at, um, I went to, when I, I finished Maystone, I went back to, I had enough of being in the conference. We, they went full-time, and I didn't offer to go full-time. Um, and decided, you know, so I was 32 then, that was probably not the right time to go back into full-time football. So um, I had a choice. I could have gone to Barnet or, or Slough Town. I, I went to Slough Town. And uh, we, we were, I had enough, just enough water travelling in the conference. And uh, I went over there as captain. And uh, we won the Eastman League first, first season there. And it went straight back into the conference, doing all the travelling again. So, and there was a change of management there. So I was caretaker manager there for a few games. And then I did the same at, um, at Warden and Hersham. I was caretaker there after Laurie Craker had left. Won six games, six, six games in a row. We were flying. And then within a week, uh, we'd sold, sold our best player, Nathan Ellington, to Bristol Rovers. Our other striker went back to Millwall and Andy Sayer, our other 
top four was injured and then we lost six in a row. So that was the end of our caretaking. So funny, funny how football goes. No, definitely. And what do we find you doing these days? So, uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a sport for kids uh, um, looking after our partnerships there. Um, it's a company that um, provides sport and activities for kids, very active in looking after, you know, making sure we've got partnerships that our parents can enjoy and, and benefit for their for their memberships. But it's really all about making kids having fun, you know, making making memories with them, I think is a really good way of putting it. And obviously Wickham is a club that you have real affection for. What, what would you say is so special about it? Um, I think it's one of those clubs, it, it's not, you know, a massive club that you you feel you can go back and, and you know, when I've been, been back to games, my, my son, who's been, he's my son, he's um, in the Wickham Development Programme there with the youth. He's been there since he was five or six and he's 13. So he's been ball boy there and, you know, we go to games there and watch. So uh, with him playing there, I've still got, you know, a big affection for the club. And, and it's, ju- it's just, it's not too big. You go back there, you'll see people that were there when you were there. And that's, you know, quite a long time ago. There's people that are life, life members of that club that are still there. And that's great to see. Does it feel like a long time ago or not really? You know, when you look back and go, that was like 83, 84, that was a long time ago. But I don't feel that I'm that old, that it was that long ago, if, if you know what I mean. I think it was, um, you know, I still do a lot of coaching with football. I coach, coach um, my boys' team at Slough Town. Um, I do lots of individual stuff, one-to-one coaching. I do some coaching with the guys that uh, sport kids as well. Um, I've done a lot of um, coaching with uh, Kerber coaching guys. I, I used to go to America. I did that for 24 years over there with all sort of ball mastery skills. And I've done a lot of work in uh, girls and ladies footballs. And I still I coach um, a ladies team and I do young girls who the Wildcats with the FA. So it's good to see the, the girls in football, women in football is progression as well. It's, it's really good to see. It just goes to show how powerful football can be as, as just a, as a thing, isn't it? And bringing people together and what, what people get out of it. We were speaking on air, off air about how, how, you know, the kids that you coach get so much out of it as well. Yeah, no, I, I, I look at it you know, sometimes I go, God, God, coaching tonight. And it's like you're going at eight o'clock at night on a Tuesday night to coach a group, group of girls. They get there and once you're out on the training field, obviously you can't run around as much as you used to, but I still, you know, it's good to see and pass on your knowledge, you know, and, and make make it fun for them. That's what it's got to be, you know, train hard, but, um, you know, learn, but make it fun when you're doing it. I always try to do that in my, in my coaching to make it fun for people to enjoy it. And great for you to be a member of the Ex-Players Association, obviously, because so many different players from different eras and you can share experiences and, and have that, that thing, uh, bond in common as well. Yeah, it is good. It's good to go along to a function. I mean, the first one I went to, I didn't recognise most of the people. <laughs> I have to say, I was like, "Really? Is that you? Age well or not well?" Um, <laughs> but there was. Uh, it was good to, you know, Bobby Dells, you know, see Bobby there and Anton. They're, they're very good uh, thing. And then uh, before the take up of the current owners, I was quite sort of got involved with the support for Handy Armand who was looking to sort of help the club out and, and work with that. So uh, it's always good to see your old pals at football. There's a different thing. You know, you, you, if, you, if you've been in a team with someone, you're always friends forever, generally. You know, there's a few, there, you're always people you perhaps not too bothered with. But, but in football, you generally, you know, can always be pals forever with that. And, you know, you can do that with work, but it's not the same as football. It's just so different. You've always got that little special bond with people. Especially what you went through as a team as well, obviously winning the title as well. That's quite special. Yeah, when you win something, and if you if you if you win a you know you win a league, uh, you know people win cups and stuff like that. Winning the league is the hardest thing to do, and to be part of that 
uh, that team to win that league was a great privilege, you know, and you look back to people going, how many leagues do you win? And people go, oh, I never won any. I had a really good career, but I you know, played some good clubs, but I never won a league. But you look back and go, yeah, you win in the league. I was lucky I won the leagues at, you know, at Slough and won a conference with Maidstone uh, and Wickham. But the Wick- Wickham one was, you know, the first sort of league that I'd really won. So that felt very special. And do you feel a real part of, you know, the sort of history of the club and, and, and sort of helped to kind of build a foundation, if you like, for, for where, where they are today? Yeah, I do. I think um, because when I was there, the, the year before, they had gone very close to being, because in them days, you, it was an automatic promotion. So the club were, you know, when we, we won the league, there was that op- option to apply to become a member of the Football League. And uh, it was something the club decided against. Um, and then I had to wait quite a few years later to be able to, to do that. But it's, it's really good that, um, you know, that the club has managed to, you know, get into the league, stay in the league. And, you know, they've been really successful, you know, uh, unfortunate last year. Still think they were badly done by, but they're, you know, they're having a good season this year. They're, they're hoping they can get back up there. You know, they're getting the results. They're, they're doing well. And it's really good to see. Former defender Mark Hill speaking to us here at Wickham Sound. Does 1983 feel like a long time ago to you? It does feel like a very long time ago. And definitely there was a slight sliding doors moment there that he was talking about because you think, well, I wonder what would have happened had we applied mm. and, and got in. How, how things might have changed and, and maybe panned out. You know, and maybe we would have missed out on Martin O'Neill. You, yeah. know, you just don't know. Really interesting to him reflecting on his time with Gary Lester as well, who, yeah. of course, has mentioned his, his funeral was on Tuesday. Yes, yeah, yeah. You know, really, really nice interview again. It's always really heartwarming to hear actually how much Wickham Wanderers meant to these players. No, definitely. And you think as well, which, as I say, it's, it's comparatively not that long ago considering some of the, some of the players we've spoken to, but how the, the game has changed, obviously the ground's changed as well, and, and so much has changed about, about the club and football generally. Definitely. I mean, if you look at any, like, 1980s game that you can sometimes see on the, mm. you know, on, on t- the various odd TV channels like ITV4 and things and and you watch 1980s football and it, and it looks like it could have been 100 years ago because for a start the pitches that they're playing on uh, you know most of them at this time of year these days the game would just be postponed there's no way in the world that you know that it would go ahead uh, on some of the mud baths that they used to, to play in um, but also as well just the you know just some of the tackles that fly in and whatever it, it, it is a very different game and the length of shorts as well is where it stands out <laughs> Yes, that's true as well. Definitely, yeah. It was a, almost slightly, slightly a risque sport back in the nineteen eighties. <laughs> Very tight, weren't they? They're they really were. That's another program entirely, isn't it? Let's not bring that back. Wickham kits through the the ages. That's that's one to look at, isn't it? It's a bit visual, I suppose, for the radio. I think it probably is, yes. Uh, We'll hear from Gareth Ainsworth uh, in the next part of the show, or the last part of the show, here at Wickham Sound. Online, on Radio Player, and on 106.6 FM, this is Wickham Sound. As mentioned, still to come, we'll hear from manager Gareth Ainsworth, who, of course, is in charge of the men's first team. Uh, but we must wish all the... <laughs> what were you going to say, then? I know. Uh, must wish all the best to the women's first team as well, who have their final uh, league game of the season coming up. Yes, they had their final home game of uh, the season on Sunday when uh, they went down narrowly to Ascot United 2-1. Um, they are now away to the Winchester City Flyers, who are a football team and not an ice hockey team. Uh, that kicks off at 2pm on Sunday. That is their final game. Um, but... In that way, uh, with women's football, actually, uh, some games have been postponed, some games haven't happened because of COVID, so actually there's there's other teams in the league that are still, I wouldn't say only halfway through their season, but they've still got quite a few games to play. It's a bit of a wig 
Reagan situation, if you like. Um, so it's still very much up in the air uh, as to whereabouts uh, Wickham Wanderers women will finish in at the table. They are currently uh, sixth. Uh, they've played 15 games and they have 10 points. Uh, and the Winchester City Flyers are just below them uh, in seventh place. They've only played 12 games uh, and currently only have six points. So it's going to be a tight game. Um, but clearly, if Wickham Wanderers women can win that, then actually they are looking fairly good at ensuring that they finish in sixth position in at the table in the Southern Region Women's Football League Premier Division. And a really challenging campaign for the Chairgirls as well with departures and also injuries as well. Uh, at least two uh, with quite serious uh, long-term injuries as well. But hopefully uh, they'll be... Uh firing again uh, in the in the new new season yeah definitely uh, I spoke to Dave Ward at the beginning of the season he was very much looking uh, forwards to the season and was very very positive clearly I don't think it's gone quite as he had hoped um, but they'll be looking looking to, to bounce back uh, very much next season we'll have to get him on for a, a review we of the indeed. season as well yes, so that's a very good idea. Uh, keep listening for that uh, Wickham Wanderers women update also the under 18s and the reserves doing very well uh, also they as well they are flying aren't they it's, yes. you know, b- both teams have done fantastically well so there's a bit of a double header coming up in terms of home games. Oh yes, there is. Uh, I've got Wigan, who, as we mentioned earlier in the program, are doing, doing rather well. Could do, yeah, could really, really do with winning that one. Not, not only obviously because we need to now win, but also because then that's a game that Wigan have wasted. If you see what I mean. In and it's there, a bit further there. away as well. We've got Rotherham as well coming. I think. Yes, we have. Yeah, twelfth of March. Mm. I won't be here for that one. I'll be trying. Uh, I might be watching that one uh, with Rob Kuhig Ooh. in New Orleans. That's Maybe. quite exciting. Maybe. If, I, if, if that all works out. Yeah, very much. One of those slightly awkward situations where, yes, I will be in New Orleans then, and I'm sort of having to invite myself round to his house. <laughs> <laughs> be at the window outside. So far, he sort of said, oh, yeah, that's fine. Uh, but we haven't actually sort of like thrashed out the details yet. So maybe he's just sort of thinking that I'm some mad stalker and hopes <laughs> that I'll go well, away. Yeah. I'm not, by the way. No. <laughs> Thanks for that. Thanks <laughs> for clarifying. the way you were looking at me. I no, thought, definitely. I'll just, yeah, just so Cheltenham clarify. first, though, obviously on Saturday. And, and they're a team who've, who've been quite kind of up and down as well, really. Yeah. The, the, I, I think they're a team that, that you think are always going to do quite well in League One, even though they're quite small, a bit like ourselves. Um, and then you look at the table and you see that currently they're 15th. Similar to Lincoln, in fact. It's similar to Lincoln. Uh, 31 games. They've won nine, drawn 12, lost 10. Um you could argue that they're in that sort of situation where, yeah, they're probably just about safe from relegation, but they're not really going to threaten the promotion places. So I wouldn't quite say that they're on the beach yet, but maybe, you know, they, it's better to be playing them um, than, say, Doncaster, who, you know, uh, keep seeming to now pick up results remarkably, uh, even though they're still 23rd. Um, but, yeah, very, very, very difficult to say, um, as, as Gareth will say, you know, it, it's going to be a tough game. Yes, because we're very much at that point in the season where you know, we're into the final third. We are, yeah. And, and that sounds like American football, doesn't it? <laughs> it is. The or Super, quarter. The, the Super Bowl was on Sunday. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, we're into the final third. And, and yeah, it, it is that thing of if we are serious about this getting promoted business, then we do now have to actually start picking up some wins. And, you know, Chel- Cheltenham at home, definitely. I think that is a must-win game. Wigan at home, clearly, because Wigan are currently second. If we drew that, it wouldn't be the end of the world, but... You know, we we don't need to lose either of these games. Because as you hinted at a little earlier on, obviously Gareth wouldn't say, but I think Ronaldo. If you're looking at the, the league table now, it's a bit kind of 
Ooh. It, it, yeah, I mean, the top two teams do begin so well. Rotherham, you know, definitely do look like they're, they've sort of like run off into the distance. And then Wigan are yeah, still slightly in touching distance, but they've still got, you know, a few games in hand over the other teams. Um, so, yes, it, again, if we are serious about the promotion lark, then the next two games we need to win to actually make that table look a bit different. Because, and even Sheffield Wednesday having a bit of a research. And they're just really annoying, yeah, you know. Uh, uh, and also, even further down, there are some teams now that, you know, that are beginning to pick up wins um, Portsmouth have won their last two for instance um, and you know they're hovering slightly dangerously looking in 11th um, Bolton have done okay though they did lose their last game uh, Ipswich similarly um, uh, undefeated in three um, and as you say yes, Sheffield Wednesday as well you know uh, all sort of like bubbling just underneath uh, and whereas a few games ago we were saying oh you know if we if we could get a win then we're going to be then there's going to be a split basically and th- that of course didn't happen uh, and that split now is really looking probably between positions 2 and 3 so so Wigan in second with 62 points MK Dons in third with 57 that's the uh, statistician's approach to uh, the league table there It'd be nice if they could blow it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you, you, it sounds really corny to say but you literally never know do you you don't no no and also there could be one of those teams that puts in a completely mad run uh, that you don't really see coming. Um, you know, you've got teams like Burton Albion in 12th, uh, Cambridge in 16th, um, you know, who, who could still potentially, you know, if they, they put together a decent enough run, could actually just suddenly get into the playoffs. Let's hear the thoughts of the manager who I spoke to earlier on this morning, uh, kicking off uh, with a bit of reflection on that game against Lincoln at the weekend. We had a couple of real glorious opportunities that we should have taken, but Having said that, David Stockdale had to make a fantastic save in the second half to keep us in the game at at 1-0 because we were going forward that much. We sort of left ourselves open a little bit, which uh, I've addressed already. Um, But Stockdale's fantastic. You know, we we can rely on him in those situations. Um, Yeah, just unfortunately, we didn't get the second goal and and the three points we wanted. But um, all to play for again this weekend and uh, and looking how the league's shaping up, it's... uh, it's going to be a very exciting finish to League One. Is it a bit of a concern to have gone now four games without a win? Or I know you say that, you know, judging on the performances, obviously you're pleased with the chances created. Uh, yeah, I look at the bigger picture, Colin, always. And, uh, you know, the biggest picture is where we are after I took over 10 years ago. And, and, the, and the, the semi-bigger picture is where we are this season. And that's fifth in the league. So there's absolutely no panic, uh, no worry. I think all teams go through little form changes or blips or whatever it is but um, I think it shows the competitiveness of the league you know and, and especially in the, in the later stages of the season to, to the bigger teams have, have uh, obviously strengthened got more players in I don't necessarily believe in you have to do that if you're one of the top teams but um, we'll see who's proved right at the end of the season I'm, 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 I'm really confident that boys can get enough points to finish in this top six um, making the top two would be absolutely fantastic and that's what we want to do but um, we've got to give it a, a real go now you know 15 games to go you, you, you're definitely in the last third of the season and uh, and the boys know exactly what's what's expected of them and something that was really pleasing on Tuesday night so much to, to take away from the, the Bucks and Bucks Cup but obviously the, the size of the crowd that came along to support you know the young side and, and great to see uh, Jack get a first goal and a lot of the young, young players doing so well as well yeah um, you know we we have to keep the level into consideration. You know, it was, uh, you know, and, and not disrespect to Sloan Crendon. They're, they're really, really down there, as, you know, as a, as, a, as a step six, I think, step five team, you know, which is, you know, it's uh, the, the level 
you do see a difference in that with fitness, you know, especially second half. I thought the fitness of the boys was was very good and key in that. Um, and some really good performances on a really hard pitch, you know. Um, but I I expected that. Uh, I expected good performances from my boys, you know, one or two that perhaps could have done a little bit better for me. But um, I'm, I'm really pleased with the win and the professional job we've done and, and, uh, and, and some of the trialists that came through. So... Um, not all good, you know, real positives for them young boys to play in front of the crowd, like you say. I think the real positive is uh, what, a, what a fantastic following we got. Uh, and, and, you know, at times, Long Crendon probably had the, the more supporters there. I think the underdogs were, were Long Crendon and everyone wanted them to at least score a goal. But um, I'm pleased that my lads got a, a shutout and also, you know, we got a we got a, a, a good result. We get into the next round and uh, I'm sure that, that competitional start ramping up there uh, but it was it was great uh, big respect to Long Crendon thank you for hosting us and thank you for being so so good to everybody you know um, the hospitality was great the food after the game was great and uh, yeah we uh, we hope there wasn't too much damage to that pitch because I know they did everything to get it on that night it was a torrential rain during the afternoon so uh, fair play to the ground staff who worked hard and got that game on because uh, it was a really really nice occasion and probably what the Barks and Books Cup is all about, you know, that real local community feel. Um, nice nice to see all the fans there. And uh, like I say, it'd be, uh, hopefully we've made some friends with Long Crendon. And a really nice source of pride as well, that the club giving their gate receipts, uh, share of the gate receipts to, to the opposition as well. Yeah, nothing less than I expect from uh, the honours we've got, honestly. Um, and I'm not saying that um, in any other way than how it's meant. It's genuine. They are good people. They are good people. Um, and in football, fans are all too quick sometimes. Not not Wickham fans, by the way, but a lot of fans are all too quick to complain about their owners or why aren't their owners spending this? Why aren't their owners spending that? Why aren't their owners doing this? And, and it's all down to the owners and they have banners up saying they are. I'd like to say at Wickham Wanderers, they don't get that sort of stick because of the people they are. And those little gestures, in no matter how small... Um, they mean a hell of a lot to a team like Long Crendon, uh, and I'm proud to be a Wickham player. I didn't actually know about that until um, you know the, the, the game, and uh, and that was that's a, that's a fantastic uh, gesture from the club, and uh, proud to be associated with Wickham with with small things like that. And a great opportunity for uh, fans to get behind the team with two back-to-back home games, uh, two I guess very different games as well with with the opponents coming. Um, you say very different, but Cheltenham beat Sunderland two weeks ago. You know they uh, they are absolutely. Uh, no mugs. The, he had a meeting with uh, with Rob midweek, and we're both agreeing that the the margins in this league are so small, so so small, you know. And uh, and I think that um, you look at Doncaster beating Sunderland. There's no there's no givens in this league. Um, no givens in any league, but this league this year, wow, it is so tough. So first things first, we're, we're thinking about Cheltenham. We want to get Cheltenham out of the way. All I care about is, is Cheltenham on Saturday, and then we can address Wigan on Tuesday two home games great to be at home um, and hopefully the fans will get down and get behind us you know in droves because we're at the, the top end of the table and uh, yeah we, we, we just want to increase this attendance we want to get more fans down there and uh, and that's uh, that's important to me so um, if you do know anyone who fancies coming down to working for the first time or you, you've got friends and family who've heard about us and, uh, and, and proud of what we do and come down and be part of this uh, this bubbling cauldron that is Wickham Wanderers because it's it's brilliant. It's it's fantastic community atmosphere and we really have together fans, players, staff, everyone have you know really elevated this club to um, to highs that 
you know we've always dreamt of and uh, and as I say proud to be the manager but really I know the fans are really proud to be Wickham fans I did say this week you've been back in the studio that must have been great and I guess new music is on the way new music is on the way Colin yeah um, uh, listen I, I have uh, not many vices but music is one of them and uh, and you know I, I, uh, I was in the studio um, with uh, Jeff Downs who's I mean, the writer of uh, Video Killed the Radio Star and, and The Buggles with, with uh, Trevor Horn. And, and he he's a, an unbelievable producer and keyboard um, player for the band Yes. And it's just absolutely humble to be with him working on the album. Uh, we've got 11 original songs coming out. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just really excited to get this album out. Um, it's been... You know, it's probably been a year altogether in writing and recording, and and you know, my eyes were open about how long it actually takes to create something like this. I remember as a kid waiting for the Guns N' Roses second album, thinking, "How long is this taking?" And uh, now I I totally understand how long they they do take these things. You know, with time constraints and and the way it goes. But it's been it's been brilliant. It's been a dream come true for me, and uh, I'm a lucky guy because uh, I'm getting to live two dreams here, and uh, and you know we'll. Uh, We'll hopefully look back in there, and as long as the album does okay, uh, I'm not too concerned. We don't need to sell millions and millions. Just uh, get an album out is a, is a dream for me. The Wicked Wanderer Show's new music slot. Uh, <laughs> join us next week for Matt Bloomfield's covers album, which should be out uh, by the by the spring. Neil accordion. Uh, oh no, I've blown that, haven't I? Neil Warnock's accordion slot coming up as well in in, in future weeks. Uh, and I love the, the fact that Gareth then saying, "Oh, hopefully the the album does 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 okay." In a sort of like, hopefully it avoids relegation. Yeah, <laughs> sort of like perhaps it'll be on sale in the club shop. I hope so. Yeah, that would be brilliant. Yeah, it it should be. Uh, but it, it's just so bizarre because you would not hear any other interview with a football manager take a turn like that, where actually then he's talking mm. really seriously about his music and about you know who's producing the album and how long it's taking and all of that just yeah just fantastic because the club tweeted this week that, and, a, and a picture of him as well to say that he's been in the studio so i thought it'd be really nice to, to hear about that and you spotted as well that uh, wanderers tv are looking for uh, stars indeed they are yes uh, uh wanderers tv um are relaunching the me and my wickham series uh which gives fans the chance to tell their stories of following the club uh on their the brand new tv platform uh which as we said earlier on is actually very good and definitely do subscribe if you're in two minds go go for it because it is worth it um it doesn't really matter how long you have been a supporter of the club for you could be one of those supporters that goes back to the 1960s or a more recent fan um they just want to hear your stories basically um all you have to do is send an email to media at wwfc.com um tell them a bit about yourself uh, and why you should be featured uh, and you could be starring on me and my wickham in the future we should definitely put you forward as a, as a <laughs> t- we t- should t- put you forward as well absolutely uh, we could both do we it. We could both do it. We could do a dance. <laughs> could talk about how yeah. I used to do the ground announcing. Or yeah. Well, and uh, you know, again, you you have so much to say because you're interesting because you were a ground announcer. You read the football results, which makes you one of the. You Thank know, you for saying I'm interesting. I quite well, like that. You are though. You know, <laughs> there aren't many people that actually read the football results properly like you do. Thank you. Um, um, I went to Lokes Park as well. My first visit to yeah, Lokes Park. Yeah, you see, yes, you see. Again, I'm, I'm always that's one Kettering of the towns. one of the regrets of my life is that I didn't actually get to see them play at Lokes Park. I've seen Aston Villa in a pre-season friendly and in the cup as well. If I ever go to the hospital, I try and imagine what it's like, <laughs> what it was like. Whilst you're in the I car thought, park. Yeah, yeah, you know, I sort of stand in the car park thinking, this is can, can you imagine there being a football pitch here? And it's like, well, you know, you can see, you can see the slopiness, but it's quite You see the white lines, I thought you were going to say. Know. The parking spaces. And I do think now, every time I, I drive past them, I think it is still closed. The the the, the store that was Staples. Um, 
And I do think, well, actually, you know, maybe they could pull it down and they could rebuild the ground there. We could have, like, New Lokes Park and the reserves. Oh, no, we haven't really got reserves. But, you know, the development squad could play there and Wicked Wanderers Women could play there. That's my my, my dream. I don't think it's big enough, is it? Well, maybe, I suppose. It might be, just about. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that's why I'm saying not the actual full team, you no, know, no, first team playing there, but, but the we, we, could, we could have it as you know a sort of like you know uh, uh, an alternative pitch. Rob Kuhig, if you're listening, uh, and if you're not, I'm coming out to New Orleans <laughs> to stalk you anyway. <laughs> Yeah, do listen to future episodes of the Wicked Monitor. Well, anyway, uh, but also because you'll get to hear Bob's adventures in America. Yes, yes. So I, I'm off, so I might not be on the, the edition next week, sorry, because I'll be on a plane this time next week. But you'll be in fi- on future ones? I will be on future ones, yes. Reporting yes. from <laughs> across unless the you're, pond. Unless you're planning to get rid of me, which I haven't heard. <laughs> you haven't mentioned. It's some sort of transfer window manoeuvre. <laughs> Bob's being moved to the Burton Albion podcast. Or fade, fade Bob On a free now. transfer. 